And do I just pronounce Vishay? Yeah, so Vishay Patel. Yeah. Aaron, you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I just I just I just wanted to double check, man. I just wanted I mean, to double check. You've had yeah, a lot more kind of difficult names. This is gonna be like Vishay in it or something. <laughs> You'll be surprised. Yeah, but if it was, like, I would have looked like an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you'll be surprised at like, the different kind of variations you get. People pronounce my name wrong quite often. Yeah. What do you get? I get Aaron a lot. Aaron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not all about young. Hello and welcome to another episode is, of the Third Wheel. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Amish. And I'm your host, Aaron. <laughs> and today we're joined by Vishay. Which episode were you a shout out from? I should have got this ready. <laughs> is it deals? Deal or Rishab, right? It was both of them. Maybe it's yeah, both yeah. Them. So I know, I know them both, and Vanaya as well. Oh, okay. To be fair, Vanaya might called you out as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> might have a few call outs in demand. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, would you like to just introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, sure. So I'm Vishay Patel, and I studied computer science with electronics at the University of Liverpool, but feel like I'm kind of like an honorary Warwick member. Kind of visited the Warwick squad quite a bit, but yeah, right now working for IBM. Uh, as a strategy consultant and yeah northwest london so kind of standard brown boy kind of thing <laughs> well that's both for you northwest london yeah but they, their northwest is like super further out like yeah they're like northwest is super far whereas i'm like right next to nw10 because i live on the north circular too far i'm like outside of m25 as well i say northwest london but i'm more like so i'm rickmansworth don't know if you've oh, raw. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so would you actually say inside London? I mean, I'd I'd back it if you do. If, if you know. do, I'd I'd, I'd support so you. Technically, we're not like a London borough, even though we have like a tube station and everything. We're not considered London, which is quite disappointing. But yeah, I don't know. Just to like generally, whenever I explain wherever I'm from, it's like I'm just Aaron doesn't have a tube station. He considers himself London. I hope <laughs> yeah, but I I have I'm in the London borough, and yeah. I'm inside the M25. So, so I do consider myself London. Is that the boundary then? The M25? I want to say yeah, but I want to support you as well. I want to say you're also <laughs> inside London. If you feel... It's, it's it where if, Greater London? Does it say Greater London for you? What do you mean to say what's say Greater London? If you live in London, it would be either the literally the central city of London or it would be Greater London, which is usually zones like four to six. Okay, how about this? I can vote for the mayor of London. And I looked up the criteria and it says if you're a resident in Greater London. Oh, you're a resident in Greater London? Is that like Greater London? That's what it says. And if you Google Greater London, it highlights the area and I'm in that area. Oh, that's quite strange. There's an so overlap. Like a split, yeah. Greater London isn't a county, is it? Or is it? No, it's just like no. the general region right yeah, outside yeah. the But Essex city. is a county. Essex would be county. So like, yeah. Because if they were both counties, that's a bit weird. I can't be in two counties at the same time. But Yeah, earlier you said you worked at IBM and one of our topics is basically listed down money versus job versus happiness. And then I can't pronounce the word that we put in brackets there. So I'll leave that to you. <laughs> Ikigai? Ikigai? Yeah, yeah that's right. Go oh, sick. Awesome. Yeah, Ikigai. So yeah, it's a Japanese kind of ideology and it means like a reason for being. So kind of shout out back to Rishabh's episode and talking about like Soul, the film. It's very much kind of an ideology of how do you find this kind of reason for being. And it takes these four different areas. So what you love, uh, what you're good at, what you can get paid for and what the world needs. And if you imagine like a Venn diagram with those four like circles, you're trying to basically find your ikigai in the middle. So something that incorporates all of those things. And that's meant to fill you like your happiness and hopefully give you something 
that's quite rewarding, but you get paid for it and it's something viable. It's kind of like a job. Is that like an activity we could do now? Like if we answered all those questions? Yeah. I don't know so, if that's like even possible. First, what's the first question? So the first, so what do you love? What do you love? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go for like the standard, like, you know, like friends and family. I'm going to say that's, a girl's name in a second one. So. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what do I love? I don't know. I'd, I'd go for like football, maybe. Manchester United. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Hamish? I was just going to say like some sort of like a little bit of competitiveness slash some sort of sport or just chilling with friends. It's ironic because none of those come into what I do. (laughs) That's fine. But it's like the whole point is to try and see what can like come together. You know what? Yeah. How about this? Playing Call of Duty. I'll say that for now just because that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That can work. So next one is what are you good at? Wait, did you want to? What what would you put for it? What I love. I guess I love... So I think I love like making things. Just, creativeness. Yeah, creativeness in kind of like a variety of different like ways, I guess. Oh, that's so much cooler than what me and Hamish said. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, move, like, we'll, yeah. we'll move on. <laughs> What's the next one? So yeah, what are you good at? Good at. You know, I'm a baller, you know. I'm pretty sick of football. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> what am I good at? Is it just one thing that you're saying? Yeah. I'm struggling with one thing. <laughs> no, it's just there's so many there's things, you know. Many. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> good at the chirps, good at the... the <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to go more work-wise. I think I'm, I think I'm good at, like, design. I'd bag myself for design stuff. What do you both do, by the way, like, job-wise? I'm a front-end web developer. Okay. And I'm, a, like, a big data platform engineer. Bad. It just sounds fancy. It's basically just developing <laughs> the platform. <laughs> so what am I good at? Yeah. I thought my answer, I forgot it because of that question. Oh, sorry. Threw you off. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know what you could at, so I can't What, what did I, what did I answer before? Uh, you said Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. You're good at those headshots. <laughs> what, what do you put, Vishay? I think I'd put, like, technology or, yeah, I guess just... Like tech under- savvy kind of thing. Yeah, being able to kind of understand tech and pick up new kind of tech fairly quickly. I always wonder that, like, when I'm old... Like when I like think about like my parents, yeah. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not tech savvy. And I know that's because they haven't like grown up with like tech as like we have. But like wonder if I'm going to get to that age where like my kids are like showing me something and I'm not, I'm going to be like, wait, what's this? I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I'm like like, always kind of. I guess for us three or like computer science or people like interested and passionate about tech, I feel like I'm always trying to stay on top of things. Yeah. And like, I hope even kind of later down the line, I would still do that. But is it like weird if we're like 60 years old and we're like, oh, look at this like PS8 that's come out, you know? (laughs) I don't know, that's weird. Yeah. But I want to mash up my kid at FIFA, you know? Yeah. At the same time, (laughs) you see people kind of in the older generation who were interested in technology like back in the day, but Mm -hmm. they've like kept up to date with things and like they're still fairly tech savvy. Yeah, I was going to say like strategy, decision making, kind of um, just because I have a feeling I can link it all up based on whatever question comes next. <laughs> you don't, you're not trying to link it up, I don't think. Like at no, the end, so you try and link it. Yeah, that, that's the point. It's like each individual aspect you've got to just think of separately. And then you've got to find that middle piece, like what links all three to get all four together. But you can still say you could do it. Yeah, like yeah. I'm coming up with ideas. I think ideas also overlaps with that, so I'll leave it roughly in that area. I don't know what you'd actually call that, but okay, maybe problem yeah. solver. I don't know if that counts, but I think that's too broad, personally. That could work, right? Problem that's solving, good. yeah, that's a good one. Cool. What's what's next one? So, 
what can you get paid for? <laughs> is that like is that just our job? Like what we do? Yeah, actually get so paid like, for? what's a viable career path, basically? Based on my current achievements on like certifications, or no, just generally. So like, even if it's something that yeah isn't really something a path that you're already on, but like this one can be multiple things, obviously. But I guess what interests you the most. So what would you say for yours? I just want to get like an an idea. So I think right now, obviously, like technology and being in that kind of career path is quite good. It's obviously going somewhere. So I'd probably have to yeah stick to that. Saying like it's a pretty decent kind of pay and a good career path to go down. I was going to say creating content and sponsorships. So if you'd like to use this segment and you want to get um, sponsor us, please do reach out to business at third wheel. <laughs> oh shit! I, I'd probably just say what I am doing. You know, yeah, web dev, like web development. Could have said footballer, but I think that's a bit unrealistic at this stage. So yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go web dev. What can I get paid for? Yeah. Or like, yeah, just, well, I don't know if I can go broad, uh, if I should go broad in like design because most of my web stuff is yeah. more design stuff. So if I just go graphic work, I guess. Yeah. That's good. Hamish? Oh, no. I thought I said it. I said like oh, sorry. creating content. Yeah, yeah. Oh, creating content. Yeah. Like creating yeah, yeah. content. Yeah. He wasn't just trying to plug in like some <laughs> sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, that was, that was that. the thing in it. It was so perfect that he actually thought it was so, <laughs> so seamless. Yeah. I didn't even realize. All right. Yeah. Final one is what the world needs. Oh, fuck. It doesn't need anything I've just entertainment. said. Entertainment. <laughs> I see your little link there. I created, well. yeah. Yours is entertainment. Yeah. Oh, I'm setting up for a plug at the end of this yeah. article. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to take you seriously, man. I'm basically like, you know, the Chicago Bulls, I'm basically each player on the team I'm just setting up. So it all comes back to me. What does the world need? The world needs fucking peace, man. I don't know. <laughs> needs, uh... Yeah, it can be something like that as well. But it has no, I know we're not trying to relate it, but I think it, it maybe it needs just like, like it's always going to need to evolve. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what the word for that is. Like it's always going to need to like, yeah, tech will have to advance like shortly and stuff like that. Interesting. So like I don't know, I don't know innovation, is, invention kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. That's I like that. I like that innovation. Yeah. I like that word. Vishay? I think equality for me. I think that would solve oh, quite that, a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Well, me and Hamish aren't saying we, yeah, we yeah, also don't need equality. <laughs> Damn it. Um, okay, cool. It was a setup. Is that all the questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all four kind of things. And then, yeah, based upon that, you're meant to try and see some kind of profession or something that you could go into that would fulfill all four of those things. So I had, I love football. I am good at design. I can get paid for graphics work and the world needs innovation. Hmm. The innovation one kind of throws it off a bit. Because I could just, the first three, I could like do graphics work for like a football club for like Manchester United or something. Yeah. I'm like, thinking, so something like, so live broadcasting of sports. Hmm. And I guess all these kind of broadcasting companies do a lot of like R&D stuff. So maybe there's some kind of graphics R&D work. Like, you know how they do kind of the holographic kind of stuff now? Yeah. A lot of those yeah, things. Okay. Maybe something like along the lines of that for like broadcasting sport i don't know 
I have no idea about this. I think <laughs> if he had his own, you know how True Geordie has that show, he could have his own one with his own graphics. I yeah, mean, I'd, I'd rather have, there's the sports broadcast, broadcasters are a bit in the mud at the moment with the recent Super League stuff. Super League. So, yeah. uh, and yeah, the John maybe. Robbie thing, did you see the thing the other day? I think it was yesterday or the day before. Oh, there was talk a talk sport. Sport yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe I'd have to, but in none of that, I didn't say I'd create my own show or anything. That'd be like your one where you said like creating content. I think it would probably be more like my, what I'm currently doing, which is yeah. like design web dev, but like just in the f- like kind of football space. Yeah. So is that something that you're looking to like potentially switch into or like pursuing? Would that be like your dream kind of job? So my, so actually I, I have the main United jobs page like bookmarked on my like browser. I've had it for like years, just like, <laughs> I might just check now and then. But yeah. yeah, I think it would, that would be kind of like the dream to kind of do web, like design work, web stuff for like main eyed or stuff like that. Cause I'll be combining like my two, like kind of main passions into one. Yeah. That's the thing I found like when speaking to people, it's most often not in the area that they're like passionate about, which just makes whatever they do job wise, just less interesting or they're, yeah, don't enjoy it as much. But like if you're working for a sector or an area which you actually care about or like you enjoy working it just makes the whole kind of job aspect of it kind of go away a bit yeah i'm also scared though if i work for like main night i'll be like okay this this club they're, they're not run well they're not they're not they're a bit they're not good you get people. too attached too involved yeah i'd like to like the ceo's bloody managing him from <laughs> no bro I'm, i've started saving up to buy main night watch this space <laughs> hamish what, what was your what was your rundown do you remember there was Call of Duty in there. There was something about like decision making, problem solving, something like that strategy. So you you love Call of Duty? Oh shit! I, oh, I didn't realize it was love at the time. It wasn't love, was it? Did I say I love Call of Duty? Because I don't love Call of Duty. Yeah. Like, yeah. The question was, what do you love? <laughs> oh shit! I, I, can I change that to content creation? Because bloody hell! <laughs> what do you mean, man? <laughs> because yeah, like you have to start, understand what you mean. But when you say you love Call of Duty, I swear Call your Duty, other yeah. one was content creation, though. Oh, you, was it? Fuck! You're uh, or I butchered this, isn't it? Basically, you I should have set up a platform con- to it. No. What you can get paid for was basically I look. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, like a better job for me would be like some sort of production job where I'm not in the front facing thing. Okay, so back in like editing or yeah, or if I was being the person, so like, basically the podcast, but just not being on the podcast. Yeah, without the editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, e- no, with editing because that's the back end. That's the back end stuff. Yeah, but ideally, I'd want to be. Pay- if I was paid for it, then life would be easy. You know, like it wouldn't be as much of a struggle for hours in life as it is now. So like, yeah, that would be. An ideal case, like, you know, staying in some sort of YouTube creative space. Maybe not have my face out there as much, but we are where we are. Um, but I would like to get paid for this, ideally. So what was the plug you were trying to get to? With I your... was going to, like, spot a plug out of Twitch and Third Wheel Game Channel. Okay. But yeah, I butchered it, didn't I? I butchered <laughs> it quite a bit. <laughs> you could have. You could have just stuck with I Love Call of Duty. Because you stream Call of Duty. Yeah, but I don't stream too much of it. I only stream, like, one or two days a week for, like, an hour or two now. But I swear the only thing you do stream is Call of Duty. Yeah, but that's because, yeah, I'm good at it. It's a difference. <laughs> okay, what, what were your answers to the questions? I feel like they were a lot more, yeah, they, they were probably a lot better. <laughs> well thought out. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I had more time to think about it. But, okay, what I was good at was technology, understanding tech. I guess similar to, like, the problem solving. What can you get paid for? I guess, like, IT technology. That was that one. What the world needs, equality. And then what I love... Oh, it was making things. So, yeah, 
So it's that know. last one. The last one's kind of the target, right? You're trying to make something to achieve or help equality. Yeah. So I think the idea that Fiatech. Yeah, one of my friends said to me was like technology poverty and trying to kind of get into maybe an NGO or something that strives to like tackle that would be quite interesting. So yeah, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it too much and done much research into that, but I feel like it'd be quite an interesting area yeah. to look into. No, for sure. And what is that? So the Ikigai, did you say that was just like a, a Japanese principle or is it like a book? Or is it? Um, so I think there is a book on it. I haven't actually read it, but I actually heard it at a talk, one of the Hindu society like talks that they did. But yeah, it was just a very kind of like nice way of putting it all together. And yeah. I guess like whenever you've got like decisions to make, it's just a good kind of principle to have in the back of your mind just to help guide, I guess, your direction. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And is it kind of saying that you should then like money? happiness I'm, I'm looking at a venn diagram here money happiness passion mission vocation etc they should be like balanced equally or like you should value happiness over because a lot of people there's the argument like money over happiness and like if you should balance weight one over the other but is this kind of saying you should split them equally so i think it is yeah trying to find that balance but trying to find the thing which ticks all of those boxes so something that does bring you happiness but also brings you the money as we need it but something that you yeah feel is like benefiting the world as well so yeah it's just trying to amalgamate everything into the one thing Uh, it's obviously very hard to like do and there's going to be limitations but it's a good way to kind of just guide your direction well there is a hobby of yours that has kind of turned i don't know if this is turned into a business or you're turning into a business um but like video editing yeah so is this something that did you do like this kind of analysis before doing that? Like, was this something that you'd love video editing and like you're now trying to make it earn money from it kind of thing? Yeah. So I kind of started video editing, say about eight years ago. Yeah. Seven, eight years ago. It was like, I think the first video I edited was like GCSE or just, just before GCSE, like a geography project or something. And I just made a video. It was like a mini documentary kind of thing or whatever topic we were studying and showed it i got a really good grade for it really happy but like the rest of my school and my class and stuff just loved it and just thought it was really funny and so from that i kind of just made a few more throughout school for various different like coursework projects and then yeah over time you kind of just pick up the skill of kind of video editing i guess you guys have found the same with like podcasts and creation and then yeah started to enjoy it more and more over the years like you just kind of learn, you use different kind of software tools and things. So now using kind of the Adobe suite and getting used to that. But yeah, I kind of just started enjoying it a lot more, learning a lot more about it and then started doing more. So along with that, I started then purchasing kind of video gear as well. So like buying uh, cameras. First camera I bought was like a little GoPro and just had so much fun just shooting random stuff like family holidays and everything and putting it together and you kind of see your skill kind of improve the more and more you do it and then i started doing kind of little bits for different like charities and doing like promotional videos and those kind of things and then it got to a point where 
I got approached by a couple of people, well, a musician to do some of their music videos. And I started doing them for free as kind of just like helping him out. And then... Was it a friend or is it a random kind of musician? So, yeah, so he's a yeah friend. I've known him through this Sunday school kind of thing. Yeah, known him through that, but it was taking a bit more and more of my time. So I was like, okay, I need to kind of like ask for some kind of money in return as like I'm doing this as a professional kind of thing now. And the hardest part I found was, yeah, firstly, kind of asking for money for something like this. It's something I've never done is like charge someone for something I enjoy doing in a way, which is a weird kind of thing uh, to ask for. And the second was like, how do you price yourself? Yeah. And so those two aspects, trying to like combat that. Because no, it doesn't tell you anywhere online as well. Like even with like freelance web development, I can't, I'll Google like how much should I charge for like a web project or a logo design or something. Yeah. And nobody just gives you like, okay, you should charge this much. (laughs) Yeah. There's no like set thing. And like, you've got to value how good you are at the job at the same time. Mm. And like, if you haven't done anything professionally before, then it's really hard to quantify the value of your work in that way. And so that was something, yeah, I struggled with. And I guess the way I kind of overcame it was just ask like other people, what would they feel comfortable with? Like if I was to charge them, but I think it was getting over the hurdle of like actually backing myself and saying like, my work is of the good enough quality to be able to start like charging people for. And that was, I think the big hurdle to get over. Yeah. When you say, so the video work, are we talking like documentary style videos or like vlog style? I I guess video, there's like so much. Yeah. yeah, One has to be a music video, right? Or music video, yeah. (laughs) So I've done kind of a variety of different videos. A lot of it has been kind of just personal, like family videos, like holidays, trips, those kind of things. Events. So like some of the Hindu sock events and stuff like that. But yeah, I really enjoyed those kind of things. Vlogging, I hate kind of being in front of the camera. <laughs> so Have you tried it? Yeah, so I've done a few different things. But like, so when I was 21, well, for my 21st birthday, I was running the London Marathon. And so I was raising money for charity. And so I decided to kind of vlog my journey. But yeah, it felt so awkward. I, I'll shout out my YouTube channel for that. It was Run, <laughs> Vish, Run. Run, Vish, Run. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, started that up just to kind of just show like friends, family, whoever was supporting me and just what I've been up to, my training, all of those things. But yeah, it was really awkward <laughs> kind of just talking, especially going for runs and stuff while holding this like camera. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, but, there's an at run Vish run on Twitter, a former oh. music and drama teacher who's now a full-time actor and an anchor in Bombay. Wow. Okay. That is not me. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, vlogging vlogging something that I've like thought about, like it's crossed my mind, but it's never been something that like, yeah, I I'd, I think I'd be the same, like really find it pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, Hamish, you said as well, right? Like you're more of a back end kind of guy instead. I mean, I was thinking just after you said that, you know, like a com- commentary wouldn't be an issue. I think I think like I could commentate and just chat shit for a bit, like quite easily. <laughs> so is it just <laughs> the videos? Like, yeah, video video aspect, not, I mean, if I, if I was doing the video, I want someone to record it. Though I say that, though when we when I do stream to Twitch, I obviously do have video on, so I'm not like that fast then. <laughs> but yeah, like I think it's just so much easier because we obviously we currently do everything in it, so it just makes it a bit longer. 
It would be yeah. nice if we just had, if we had to do like parts of it, not all of it, but can't have everything, can we? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Are there any like um, video makers that you kind of, you think you style yourself on? So, yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to like figure out this kind of style and I don't know. I think I'm still trying to like figure out what my style is. I tried various like styles like Casey Neistat, yeah, his yeah. kind of like very fast paced kind of vlogging kind of thing but yeah honestly i'm still trying to learn a lot more kind of techniques in order to kind of refine it down and that's that's i guess like part of my hesitation of like charging people is i always feel like i'm not ready yet i'm not there to kind of do this professionally Mm -hmm. and so i feel like that holds me back a bit well even now yeah even now like i still think that I haven't finessed it enough that I'm ready to start doing it professionally. And I know, I guess the best way to overcome that is like still do it. And then over time, like you obviously get better, but I just want to, I guess in my mind, make sure I do it right from the start. Do you have like a portfolio or anything? So my portfolio is basically all these like family videos and stuff like that. And so like, it's not exactly professional content, but again, with this, like I've been thinking a lot more and, like since working with this like artist and doing his videos, I've been thinking more and more whether I want to actually pursue it as a career or like professionally. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that I enjoy it more as a hobby than something I would actually go down as a career. And that's mostly due to, I guess I don't like the restrictiveness of it. So like if someone wants their video done in a certain way, uh, but I may not necessarily like think that's the best way, then I have this kind of conflict in my head and I just don't feel right doing it. No, that's, that's kind of, that's funny. Cause we, we had the last episode we recorded was with a, with a girl called uh, Catherine and she was a, like a ra- she's a radio presenter, TV presenter, and was also a DJ. And she, she was saying how DJing was like a hobby for her. And then she started getting like gigs and started like getting paid for and all that. And now she's like really fallen out of like fallen out of love with DJing because once the money got involved, it wasn't like she enjoyed just doing it for fun before. Yeah. And then it became like a job and it wasn't, it kind of took that away. Yeah. I really agree with that. I think I don't want it to turn into that thing where I'm forcing myself to do something that I I do enjoy doing, but it's just become, yeah, as you said, that kind of money aspect of it. So, yeah, I think it's just trying to find that balance. But, yeah, every kind of hobby doesn't have to always turn into a career or like something professional. And it's fine to keep hobbies as hobbies as long as you still enjoy doing them. Do you have a drone? I do. So I bought the DJI Mavic Air a couple of years ago. And it's been so much fun, but... Recently, it's been quite sad. Just haven't been able to go anywhere and fly it really. But yeah, it's a really cool tool, really fun thing to use, especially when you go like traveling yeah. to fun places. I want to get one. Like, are they? If I got one, I'd just be scared that I would like lose it, like crash it, like fly it somewhere and just it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that is that really is that like? Am I being silly or is that? So it is a worry, and yeah. like I've crashed it quite a few times and nearly lost it once 
as well. I'm very lucky that we managed to find it. It was literally crashed it right at the top of this massive tree. Yeah. And because the GPS isn't like so accurate, it was so hard to tell which tree it was in. Yeah. And so we spent ages trying to look for it. Eventually someone spotted it, but it was too high up for us to like climb and get. And so we found like the groundskeeper of the place that we're at and he had to like chop the tree in order to just get, to get your trophy. Yeah. I felt like so bad. But yeah, that was that was quite an eventful. Like we spent a good four hours, I think, looking for it. And then in the last like yeah, half an hour or so we managed to spot it. And the guy came around and yeah, just cut down a massive branch of the tree. Oh uh, bad. But yeah, no, it is a worry, but like to be honest, the new drones and stuff, they're very like smart. They've got all of like the obstacle avoidance and like return to home, those kind of things. Oh really? Yeah, so like if it goes out of range from your controller, mm-hmm. you can it will automatically like fly back to where it took off from. Oh mad. Which is really cool. And like they've got sensors all around. So like if you're flying straight into a wall, it'll stop before it like gets to a wall. So they're pretty smart, which makes it so much easier to like fly. And are they like legal everywhere? Yeah. So each country will have different laws. So in the UK, if you've got a drone over 250 grams, I think it is, you have to register it uh, with the authority. I think it's CAA. Yeah, Civil Aviation Authority. Uh, You have to take a little test as well. Well, like a driving test kind of thing. Yeah, it's like an online safety kind of test to make sure that you know the rules. It's to be honest, quite easy. Like, there's a pamphlet that you get, and like you can just have that up on the side and answer questions. <laughs> but yeah, that way, like the drone is associated with you, so like you know the whole thing that happened at Heathrow and where it oh, got yeah, shut yeah. down. Yeah, so like that way they can track like who was flying it or what's going on. The person at Heathrow get caught. The person that was doing that Heathrow. I don't think so. I don't know how they manage to like keep doing it and get away each time. But wait, this this yeah, is some random guy just flying a drone near Heathrow, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you know how high security like that campaigns <laughs> are? This guy managed to fly a drone in and out and never get caught. Yeah, that's mad. These lot got people to shoot it down. I, I, that's why I remember the loss of the story being in case it came. I was like, and I was like, how, it can't be this difficult to surely figure out like where the signal came from in the first place, or roughly where it drove in from. You must have the cameras being able to see this kind of object flying from a certain direction. You know, see that that's what I'm, I'm like scared about as well. Like I might just be flying a drone, like minding my own business, and I'll be like, oh, this place looks nice. And next thing I know, I'm like over Buckingham Palace. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> So again, the like new drones are really smart with this and like they have geofencing. So if you try and like take off or fly into a like restricted zone, oh. it would like beep at you. So I was gonna go and do like some flying and stuff near Hyde Park, but the whole kind of Hyde Park area is locked out. And so I tried to take off and it just refused. Like it just wouldn't start any other motors or anything. And you basically have to apply online through the Civil Aviation Authority, submit like your flight plan, how long you're going to be flying for, the date, all of these like details. And then they'll like reply back to you saying yes, approving it. And then they'll unlock it for you. That's bad. To be honest, it makes sense because if something goes wrong in Hyde Park, you're likely to get a kid <laughs> or something or injured someone else. So it does make sense. I was thinking I could just go stand outside Old Trafford. 
like flown my fly my drone up and just watched the matches for free instead of paying for like a ticket. Do you know what I mean? I'm surprised people haven't tried that. Well, that's one of the laws actually is you're not allowed to like fly over stadiums or large congregations of people. So yeah, they've tried to lock it. I'm pretty sure like people have definitely tried though to do it. But wait, in London, where can you fly fly it? Because in London, like everything will be like yeah. there's so much like no fly zones for it. So the actual law, I think, is like you're not allowed to fly 50 meters, well, within 50 meters of any like building or person outside of your control, which is quite hard to do. Also, the height limit is 150 meters. So it's quite hard to like fly legally in that sense, like yeah. staying 50 meters away from it. But you get told like on the, I guess, on the controls, you'd be like, you're this high from the ground and all that. Yeah. So it tells you altitude, but it won't tell you like, distance from a building or anything so i mean as long as you're like sensible and don't push it too far (laughs) yeah i don't know if i can trust myself have you seen the stuff on like amazon drone deliveries yeah i've seen some of it i don't know like it's going to be a bit chaotic yeah i don't know if i trust them to like deliver me like a drone to deliver my like i don't know whatever i want they'd have to literally build like like a path for it like a, a, where no one can intervene with these objects because yeah like imagine it there's no roads for it how will the draw like i don't know how they're gonna like they're probably gonna have some advanced like you know code synchronizing these things so they don't crash into each other and they're you treating it like a runway anyways but you're probably gonna need like a physical thing built like a physical glass thing or something run so you can see like, the drones. yeah air highways or something yeah where only these trains like fly but yeah it's gonna be quite chaotic in the skies how would it also work in certain cases or say you're like in my case so like i live in a basically a house that's split into two so masonette kind of flat and outside there's a concrete staircase to my flat yeah so if it was delivering to me it would have to not only get to me it would have to go down so because the top part of the i don't know how you say it like it's a concrete staircase up but you can only basically when you walk through the entrance there's no door or anything the top bit is kind of covered because that's like a little like that's one of the rooms up there so like you can You'd have to fly it underneath this and then fly it up the staircase and then drop it at the door. Do you know how like mad that would be? Like that's also it would be too dangerous as well because of the vicinity it would fly within of the staircase. But how would it also deliver to blocks or flats unless they made like a you know, like a rooftop collection point or something? Like how would they I thought it would just be at the entrance, deliver? like of the whole yeah. flat. Either entrance or they'll build like a port or something. Oh yeah, to, yeah, like, they would be, deliver yeah. to like right, they'd so have Amazon locker, do you know Amazon lockers? Yeah, like it'll be like, like an Amazon, like it won't, it can't, it's not going to descend all the way down like thirty flights of floors of uh, like residential buildings because there's probably going to be a bunch of them together. So realistically, it would be smarter for them to drop it on the roof in, a, as you say, a collection point. But then, how would they make sure it's safe and everything? Like, so like it would probably by that point they'll probably have like automated systems to like collect the parcel, put it to like the right box, notify you immediately, and like the whole thing would probably just be like this whole Amazon automated system. But I was thinking more the weight, like how can it carry? Yeah. Like, I know it's not going to deliver everything from Amazon, but like there must be like only certain things it can be able to deliver. Yeah. I was going to say like, they'll probably only do like the lightweight stuff. Yeah. I can't imagine carrying like huge. If, if an Amazon drone is flying over my head and it's carrying something heavy, I'm like moving all <laughs> over the place. Leg yeah. I ain't dropping on my head. <laughs> have you seen Watch Dogs Legion? That's what I'm thinking of when I think of the Amazon drones. Yeah. Like when they have these massive construction drones. Yeah, and they just pick up massive like objects and then chuck them down. But I still think, by the way, for this, there needs some sort of glass runway or, as you said, a highway or whatever. 
because there's too much health and safety risk <laughs> when they do these. I was thinking, like, if a bird or something hit the drone, then whatever, like, they're carrying or it's like carrying, it's just going to drop. Like, yeah, there's going to have to be some kind of protection or safety built in. And then people won't be happy that we're literally sealing off like our direct sunlight because we don't <laughs> really drink much vitamin D. So, vitamin D and so on. I was like, oh damn it! You know, we, we'll let America try it out first and then yeah. see see what they're doing. Do you think people would try and like poach the drones? Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. The neighbors that just moved out recently, they they used to try and steal the thing, but I had cameras in it, so then they stopped trying to steal my bloody parcels <laughs> when the um, delivery driver was lazy. You know, so like I was like. There's definitely no way these drones are going to work out that well. There's going to be two. Amazon are probably going to pay out more insurance for these things than they'd like to. But I bet they'd probably be able to easily catch the people that steal the drones. That's the thing. There's a lot of car thieves out here stealing catalyst converters and everything. So like, why, why aren't they all getting caught? Yeah, but drone like has like a video thing like in it and GPS trackers and all that. The GPS would probably be there. Oh, you're yeah. saying steal the drone and not the item? Yeah, the drone. Okay, okay, no, I was thinking the item. I thought the item, I was like, what are you going to do if they steal the item? <laughs> the drone could just follow the person who stole the item, couldn't it? Like, just, just follow it home. <laughs> Unless Track. they put, like, a strip of, like, GPS on it or something. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that would even work, make sense financially. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it would be a crazy world if that ever happened. <laughs> but, yeah, from, from that kind of hobby to another business, I don't know how much we can talk about this, but uh, starting a business... And that's something that you're you're doing at the moment, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of people have done this over lockdown is try and like start up their own kind of things on the side. So yeah, over the past year or so, I've been working with one of my family friends. Um, he approached me with this idea. So the name of the company is called Fitness Cloud. And essentially, it's this fitness social media platform. So for yeah, fitness enthusiasts. And so it's kind of a platform where you can upload kind of fitness videos but there's also a social media kind of aspect where you can like follow post and there's like a feed and everything and so it's really for these kind of fitness enthusiasts to find whatever videos and uh, content they want to watch and also interact with similar or like-minded people so we've got this kind of filtering system where you can really drill down into say like specific body parts or kind of the type of workout uh, duration those kind of things where you can really nail what type of video or workout you want to do so yeah that's kind of the idea behind it and so yeah over the past year or so we've been kind of working on creating this platform and hopefully by the time this episode's out we would have actually launched uh, but yeah it's been very interesting kind of the journey kind of getting to this point so yeah it's i think i've learned a lot from the whole process there's a lot of aspects because there's only really the two of us doing this and i'm the only kind of technical guy the other business partner is very like business kind of focused and so we've split kind of the roles that way but yeah we've had to kind of do everything as well so like when you compare it to a standard I guess like development job or you're doing a very specific element of like a bigger thing. But in this, like I've had to learn kind of design, well, a bit of design work, probably not to your standard, Aaron. No, um, but, <laughs> uh, so design work, kind of the legal side of things as well, like how to write terms and conditions and like no one really reads those things, but like you have to actually 
read through the whole like policy, make sure it's all like to what your platform represents. And thinking about kind of all of these user stories and edge cases, right? So considering every kind of possibility or like what the user might want and how they interact with it. So yeah, there's quite a broad kind of spectrum of things that you have to consider and look at. And you definitely learn so much from doing all of that. And it's good fun as well. You build up kind of loads of different skills and yeah, it's a fun way to kind of pass time. Do you like that business side in comparison to the tech stuff? Or do you think you'd so, like rather just stick to the tech stuff? So this is something as well with my actual job uh, with IBM that I've been kind of playing around with. So I did a placement year with them uh, during my university study. And I was primarily on kind of tech development stuff uh, for that year. So I was working on uh, one of their cloud offerings. And by the end of that year, I learned so much. I really enjoyed it. But I felt like such a small piece in this giant kind of corporate machine and just didn't feel like I was adding too much like value in that sense. And so when I joined back as a grad, I asked to move to kind of something a bit more client facing and business kind of side where like contracting and consulting work. However, doing it for the past like few months now, I've kind of realized I miss the tech and the actual like hands-on developing stuff. And so I think I want to kind of switch back to that. But I think part of my problem is it's a big corporation and there's so many kind of things you've got to jump through and the standard kind of corporate BS that you have to deal with. Yeah, we said at the beginning, the thing you'd love is making making stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's what I always kind of come back to is like, if this is what I love doing, then yeah, maybe that is where I kind of belong. But I think the big part is, yeah, the big corporation side. I think I, it's a lot more fun when you've got a lot more kind of control. And that, I guess, you only really get when it's like a smaller kind of company or you're quite senior in wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Fitness Cloud, is it is it like a website, a web app, or is it like a phone, mobile yeah, app? Yeah, so right now, kind of web app, hoping to yeah develop an app later down the line. But yeah, we really want to kind of target. I know over lockdown and stuff, lots of people have been kind of switching to home workouts and kind of going less to the gym. So it was to kind of target that market and really try and help people maintain their kind of fitness at home. And so, yeah, Fitness Cloud was kind of born from that idea. When you were talking about it, like the kind of fitness stuff, but like a kind of social media network, I'm, I was thinking like Strava, because that's yeah, kind of, that's yeah. their kind of thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so Strava, yeah, is very much like tracking kind of, yeah, your runs and cycling and all of that. But then, yeah, you've got the feed and the interaction with like friends and family. So again, similar in that way, we've got kind of the content creation part where people are able to like upload videos so workouts and stuff that they've done. And you've got that community for content creators uh, to be able to kind of build up their following and publish videos on that side. But then you've got that social media feed where you can interact with those creators or those creators can interact with their followers. Mm -hmm. And you've also got like, yeah, your friends and family and stuff on there. 
so you can kind of motivate each other and kind of chat through that. Yeah. And what do you say? Is it videos? You said you upload videos. Yes. Yeah. So uploading kind of videos. Just videos. Is it just? So yeah, uploading videos for kind of the content creation side. And then with the social media side, you can upload videos, photos to kind of your feed. Okay. In that way. So how would it work for like an average user? Like what would, why would I use the app kind of? So there's two kind of sides to it. So you can either just be kind of a user where you're looking for workout videos or exercise videos. Okay. Or you could be a content creator where you're kind of creating your own workouts and publishing them for other people to watch. Oh, it's like plans almost. Like for other people yeah, to Yeah, so like, yeah, plans and videos um, just for other people to, yeah, watch and kind of... Or just, view. you know how you see people like posting like personal bests, like how much they've benched like... <laughs> on Instagram or something. Yeah. Like post on and that's, that's where this kind of openness is. It's very much for this fitness community and really for the fitness like, enthusiasts to be able to publish and share kind of their content and help kind of encourage, or even if like you're a newbie to fitness, like how do you start? Like there's a lot of body parts knowing kind of how to exercise each body part. Sometimes you just wouldn't know what the right like exercise is to do for it yeah. and so this will really help you narrow down or focus on like whatever area you want to yeah no i remember when i first went to went to a gym and i, I went quite late so i was like i was at university like it was like the summer holiday between like first and second year. i was like okay no i might start going to the gym now because before that i was very much like uh, yeah, i'm too too like i'm not that kind of gym geek or whatever but I remember going to the gym and I had my phone on with me. So every exercise machine, I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing on anything. So I had to like YouTube each exercise machine just to see like, okay, how are they doing it? So I don't look like an absolute mug with everyone else here. I think there's always so much pressure at the gym to like, you feel like everyone's like watching you to see if like you're a manga basically yeah. like using all the equipment. But yeah, that's why like, I think, especially for the home workouts and being able to do a lot more things from home this this will be kind of a great way to inspire people and get people kind of fit and healthy is there any like limit on the videos like you know you got like tiktoks something that's pretty big at the moment it's like short one minute videos or something yeah so we've got kind of two plans we've got a free plan and a pro plan okay yeah i was gonna ask you about that as well yeah so kind of the free plan will have yeah, smaller limits. Um, I don't think the values have been decided at this time, but yeah, so we can set kind of the duration and kind of the number of video, like private videos to upload, just so that we kind of keep things public a bit, but also file size as well, just obviously backend uh, stuff. But yeah, there's going to be the two different plans so that, yeah, if you become a pro user, then you get a kind of longer duration. But it's obviously down to the create, like some people don't want to be doing like hour and a half long fitness videos. So it's kind of managing that side as well. But it's very much up to the content creator to decide. Yeah, no, that's cool. I was going to say it also kind of links into, a, I know you're not actually creating the videos or editing the videos, but like a video based platform links into like one of yeah. the hobbies of yours. So I guess this goes a bit back to the icky guy, uh, but something i've been thinking about and in terms of my career path i kind of want to look into getting into like media technology and trying to like marry these two kind of things up where it's kind of maybe video production or that media side of it but with the technology part which i also enjoy 
And so stuff like the BBC, they do kind of quite a bit of like research and development. And so potentially kind of getting into something like that, where I'm a bit more like passionate about that area and field. Yeah, no, awesome. Cool. Yeah. So you mentioned like, where can people find, you tangent a bit there, but where can people find providing this out by the time people are listening to this, where can people find Fitness Cloud? Yeah. So we've got fitnesscloud.com and fitnesscloud.co.uk. So those two websites, hopefully will be live by the time this comes out. I don't know. Is there anything you guys have like really passionate about tech-wise? I was thinking like, I would appreciate like certain certain levels of automation with certain things so like i mean in terms of i want yeah i want ideally for i know it's not going to happen in like probably the next five to ten years yeah but i want us to actually have a driverless cars going around london the reason and because it can be electric it'll be purely electric so that that works with ultra low emission zone as well Um, i know dubai is meant to be one of the first countries to get it but we'll find out i guess as time happens but the reason for this is yeah driverless cars yeah mean that i feel like you can get into an uber you don't have to converse with the driver or anything you know because sometimes, you know, Uber drivers just ask questions that I can't be bothered on. Lead, lead me to my music, you get me? Um, also, like, the drivers don't wear masks, you know, so, like, it'll be nice to just be in a driverless car. Everything's, like, running on the same system, so all the driverless cars are running, like, talking to each other, you know, they know when to stop, speed up, take the best route for you. I don't have to argue with the driver saying, look, yeah, I know your, G- I know your GPS is set to take the longest <laughs> route to my house here. Turn it that way and drive down the bloody A4. Do you feel we're going to be wearing masks when driverless cars are a th- thing? I'd still wear it because there could still be bacteria in the car, you know. It's not going to, like, you can't... How are you going to disinfect the full car, like, easily? It's not going to be... Unless they have some inbuilt disinfectant. I say, like, it will all, all probably be automated by then. Like, just quick spray and all done. So, like, it's possible, but, like, obviously you have to understand that not everything would have been, like... It wouldn't be 100%, like, that it wouldn't, you know, like, touch... So you wearing a mask now, area. like, forever? I think so, yeah. And I, I quite like that aspect as well because mine's branded in it, so, like... Yeah, to I, be fair, I, I don't mind wearing a mask, like, I'm not... I'm so yeah, you like, wear I, it for like the fact I also like yeah just like people not flipping lo- looking at my face like, just leave me alone bro. <laughs> like, I know I look bad dodgy with it as well but oh well like you know I just appreciate no face no case but it's like acceptable in society now to like wear it so yeah you don't look as weird yeah because before I've, I've you know I've always considered wearing it on the TFL because of you know how much shit we inhaled in the TFL yeah so this year has just like basically made that very easy to do because on the TFO, when I used to take out the hand sanitizer, I saw everyone on the train always fucking look at me too. Because if I touched the thing, yeah, like I had to hand sanitize right away. So I was like, you know, okay, now, yeah, now it's easier because I'll always have a mask on. Now no one won't look at me or like, you know, start making me feel so uncomfortable to a certain extent. Yeah, before, like, because before when I, it was like, it's quite discomforting when you have like, a carriage full of people looking at you wearing like, for example, a, a blue latex glove. Yeah, now it's like they know I'm wearing it because I don't want to touch the dirty fucking trains. Yeah, like they get it, you know. <laughs> See, it's just it's just a bit harder with glasses. That's a that's the problem. Like wearing a mask. Yeah, I hate what it. What do you mean? It fogs up your glasses when you wear a mask and your glasses at the same time. Oh, if you move the glasses a little bit down or something like the, and you can get it right. So that's what it I does, was having. It I does was having the issue with my sunglasses. Help, yeah. but it doesn't like fully. Every now and then, you still will start walking, and suddenly it will just fog up. It's still really uncomfortable to like have it like that. Yeah, I've seen some stuff like you can have fog. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I've got... Oh, have you got it? Yeah, okay, cool. They're like the wipes, but they're not the best. Like, they don't always work or, like, it's not... You have to keep applying it as well, like, every day Hmm. or so. You You might as well get internal fog wipers in it then. (laughs) (laughs) That that could be some interesting tech, you know. (laughs) That would be be the invention. I should have tried. (laughs) (laughs) Should have patented that tech. We'll cut out the episode so no one else knows and you can pet it. 
<laughs> no. But like driverless cars would be like quite nice to start with. I know it brings out takes out a lot of jobs from especially scummy black cab drivers. The stereotype is basically true. Or like, you know, Uber drivers, but I don't think that it's much of a loss anyways. Like um I think it's gonna be better for us. Like we already have driverless we have DL driverless rail. I don't think like we're too far from doing that. So I know it's like, like track, people don't know how to cross I know people are unable to cross the road safely to save their lives here, but like we'll see like because you can't then you can't blame the driver in a lot of cases because they're running on sensors and everything, right? So there's it's usually human error that leads to a lot more of these accidents. So we'll be able to prove it. This is where that like debate goes in, right? With like I guess driverless cars where we're still meant to be kind of paying attention to take over. Where does the responsibility lie? Oh if when there I say is driverless, I mean Yeah, fully driverless. <laughs> oh yeah. But like, still then, if there was an accident, would you blame, I guess, the company or would you blame the person? Like, if they're meant to be completely safe. I think each situation should be reviewed, like, genuinely um, for that. And the thing is, yeah, because, like, we know yeah, there's going to be programming mistakes as well, yeah. So, like, when those happen, obviously, that's a separate issue and they can be dealt with. But we're probably going to find a lot of people just cross the road like dickheads or shit when they shouldn't. Even if the cars try to stop for them, etc., like uh, running at twenty miles an hour or something, a lot of cases like we everyone knows how how ridiculous people cross in London. Like this is not a thing that everyone just looking to blame the driverless cars here, but in reality, we're the ones that are stupid in it, right? So we just got to take accountability for that. That's your consequence of your own action again. If you're gonna cross like a dickhead and you get hit, that's your own fault. <laughs> so I guess the other I guess example that people give is you got a driverless car and mm-hmm. is heading towards someone but it swerves to avoid that person, but hits another person. Now, that per- the person that they actually hit obviously wasn't doing anything wrong, and the car made the decision to swerve. That's not doing anything wrong to either, avoid though. it. I don't think. Like- yeah, so then where does all of this... I guess it would lie with the person that initially yeah. did it. If you review the t- situation, <laughs> it would be something like that in the real... And I'm, I'm, saying, I'm not saying like there'll be some human drivers. I'm saying like... If we had like fully driverless, like including the like the buses and so on, I think it would just be basically it would be an entire system running it, and there'll be even more sensors you could apply around near these traffic lights on certain roads, you know, like on street lamps and everything to assist, like guide them like really well. I know people don't like you know the the tech world, but we're going in that direction anyways, and you might as well just let it happen, yeah, and obviously then fight the privacy laws in certain ways. But you can't complain about your privacy gone because every single site you sign up to is selling you. So are you saying everyone, like, like lost calls. everything could be self-driving? Like there won't be anyone driving? Yeah. In ultra low emission zone, yeah, I think. To be honest, I agree with you. I think when everything is seamless and working kind of together and communicating with one another, I think it'll be a lot more fluid. There'll be a lot less traffic, a lot less risk and those kind of things. One key thing that people forget is that if they're all running in synchronized, like they're all speaking to the same network or same set of networks here, whenever one car needs to stop, they will all synchronize and yeah. stop here. Meaning that you won't have a chain of, you know how on like the motorways you have a chain of cars, except when like one had to swerve or something, one broke down. You could stop an entire chain happening like that. I know it's going to cause delays, but you could only have like minimal cars theoretically break and that's like, better and you'll have less people also get hurt because there's less drivers so the driver's already written off out of this situation it's just people if they end up getting hurt and that's still that's reducing numbers significantly but to get to this we require like everyone to be fucking rational but sadly in this world (laughs) rationality is not a thing 
I guess there's that plus the security concerns as well, right? There's always inevitably going to be hackers yeah. and hacks going on. And if everything is linked to the one system. Yeah. That, but that, that's always going to be the ongoing fight. Like, yeah, I think yeah. anyone working in CompSci, like, I think we, as you probably know, we all like, we know that and we're always having to work to fight against it. And we are always on the back end. I won't lie, but the back, yeah. that's not a pun, but we're always on the back end of it. But we're, we're doing everything we can to catch up to them because, you know, there's always those malicious people. But the, I think the benefits like that people aren't willing to understand or like see like a way better, like think about it, London, like the ultra low emission zone, it's going to come up to the North Circular shortly. So like that, you have to understand how mad that is. That means that only like, that means that basically cars that emit very, either none to very little you know, like emissions, yeah, can, yeah, can be driving around it. So, like, usually a Toyota Prius is a good example of one with diesel and water. I think it is or some some combination that there's um, very little. And then Tesla's obviously has a bit. But like this example. this system you're talking about, are you talking as if like so? No, is this like an Uber thing? Whereas nobody will own their own. Like, but will anyone own their own cars? Or is it like you go up to a car, pay for it on your phone or something, can use it? I think if you wanted to own your own car, it would have to be driverless as well. So you could be chilling in the back seat whilst it drives you, maybe or something. You could chill in the front seat, and this would like hook up into the system somehow. If you're rich enough to do that, then yeah, and you want and you're fine with you know like being connected to that network and letting it do it for you. I'm sure it'd be fine. You know, like it would just be. It'd also be like a bit more comfortable of a journey. Think about if you're instead of taking the TFL, having to worry about carriage space, everything you'd just rolling through a car. But I think it'd be cool that you don't like have your own car. It's more like you know the Boris bikes. You like go to like a car park and like kind of tap your phone and get into it and like that would yeah yeah in my head that's the primary way but i understand that certain rich people that would be working in you know these big corporations would have their own vehicles transporting them driverlessly through london which is fair enough you know like if you can afford it go for it i think another added benefit of this would be you reduce the number of cars in kind of production so with raw material kind of costs as well because if everyone's sharing the same network of cars means that every individual doesn't have to own like their own car. And because obviously like think about it, like I always travel by zone three station because I live like five minutes away from it. But like there's a lot of zone four stations around me, but they're quite further out. So I'm like, you know, the question always comes, oh, why don't you have a car yet? But like having like the option to just order cars and then your driver can't cancel on you because the, the car doesn't care yet about, you know, it's essentially all oh, that journey could be dodgy, you know, like they'll be like, oh yeah, we'll pick this person up and just follow this route and that's it it's a lot more simpler you probably reduce delays um obviously there's a lot some they'll create some maintenance jobs as well from there i know it takes away a lot of driver jobs but i think i think like it's you know it's overlooked because people are scared understandably you know it's something new people are scared of it but oh well get with the times like you you accepted an iphone and you you carry an iphone or something daily but you don't want to now move to the next step which is being driven around by essentially your iPhone, in theory. What's kind of your time frame on this then? What I don't know. I I don't think it's gonna happen in like the next ten years. But it would be nice to see it like in ten years. Have you seen the doc well mockumentary Social Dilemma? Yeah, yeah. No. I, I tried to start it, I just couldn't I just couldn't bother. So I guess like we're quite aware in terms of like how all of these like people track and the social media platforms, the way that they track us. But I guess for people that are less kind of aware of what goes on in the back end, it's quite scary the detail in which they track you. And then they kind of talked towards the end about how do you do this ethically? Because it's a really good business model 
in a way that like you're feeding people what they want to see, which is exactly kind of what people want. But and you can also make money from it as well. But how do you do that in an ethical kind of way? And I don't know if there is a right yeah. answer to that. But there are like regulations in certain industries, for example. The thing is, yeah, like you have to understand that every company is going to sell your data no matter what, with in some way and. It just depends how you define sell your data because the moment you sign up to it, you press, you accept the terms and conditions that are reading it. So if you didn't, if you didn't want to accept it, don't sign up. But like, that's that's just what it is. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. I get why it has to happen, but I don't appreciate my stuff being my data being sold. Don't get don't get me wrong. When it is sold, like in a way that isn't going to help me, I'm like, if it's to like you know just like help the recommender system, that's one thing. But if it's to like send it to another company, allow it. Like that's my stance on it. The recommended system does us more good than bad, to be honest, at this point. I haven't seen cases where it's been doing bad. Like if I'm using the YouTube one as an example, it does me good enough, you know. Gets the job done. <laughs> um but yeah. So Gives you that next video to watch. I think that's <laughs> Yeah. I think the part where it gets messy is like the example they gave in the mockumentary was like when you start looking at something a bit like extremist and then it kind of picks up on that and starts feeding you more and more. And then you kind of get sucked into this kind of rabbit hole uh, where all you're seeing is this kind of extremist content. And so I think that's the point in which it gets very like messy. I won't lie. The thing I don't like is when I'm talking about a topic, you know, because your phone's like literally always listening and it hears you say something and you know you never Googled or anything. <laughs> and then it starts recommending it. I, I don't like that. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I hate that too. Like, an extent, because I don't want to see the recommendations for what has been spoken because I may not even have said anything, you know. It could have been a friend, yeah. Now I have to deal with the recommendations of this for like two weeks on Instagram or something. <laughs> so something I saw, I think, like a year ago was, so DNA storage for data. I don't know if you've seen anything. Like BBC did a short segment on it, but it's being able to store digital data in DNA. And kind of the benefits of that is you can store a huge amount of data in such like a tiny space. It's also organic, so it's kind of easier to kind of create. But the downside at the moment is that it's the cost of basically doing it is huge um, to encode and decode. But it just shows kind of the similarity between kind of us or organic systems and digital kind of technology and I guess, data storage as well. I just found that as like quite a fascinating kind of concept. If you had the option, you know, how in like Doctor Who, when they plugged in the like chip into the back of your head as a memory card, would, if, would you do that? To download all my like memories. Oh yeah, just to have like, so you you have a good memory, like, you know, and so on. You're able to compute things faster. Would you Would you do it? Oh, like an upgrade slot. So superpowers. Oh, giving like you that, superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> it's not superpowers. It's just like, it's enhancing you, you know, like it's, it's biological enhancement via tech. Cyborg. Yeah, kind of. Obviously, then there's going to be like people literally going, you know, taking, um, upgrading the limbs and everything. I'll do like a need. Captain America thing. Like, what you... like if they went to like... That's a serum. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know about a chip. Yeah. I don't think I would want anything like permanent. What about the people who have the hearing aids and they have the thing surgically put into their skull so they can hear better? Like, isn't that coming from the same line it enables them to hear um, all they have to do is get installed like literally into the skull and point into a bit into the brain i have hearing difficulties yeah so say yeah like there's people like these days yeah um i I noticed it in first year uni the first time so the guy next door had something installed to the back of both of his 
you know, like ears. And basically that means you could just connect like a Bluetooth headset. He didn't always need to wear a proper hearing aid. He could just connect and then he could control how much, how loud it was or so on. Uh, so he could hear everyone. And it basically meant that you don't have to wear the other version of it. The other version is like, you know, the, what we normally think of a hearing aid. And yeah, like you didn't have to have it in both ears. You could just have it in one ear, for example. And you see, I've seen it a few more times since, yeah. And I was like, you know what, yeah, I get that. Like, that's it's a like good a use of it. Hearing I assume there'll be, yeah, I assume there's going to be like eye upgrades or like, you know, vision upgrades in similar ways as well in future. So like, what do you think of that kind of tech? Like, is that, I don't know if that, if that's considered unethical or like, because they're still installing something, you know, technical into the buyer. But in this case, like it's giving someone a hearing aid. Like, I think it's similar to like pacemakers, right? As well, where it's what's like, a pacemaker? so it's something um, that goes on like your heart. If you, oh, okay. yeah, I think it like restarts your heart. I might be completely wrong with this, but um, it's like, yeah, if you have heart issues or like your heartbeat is irregular, it helps to kind of like control that. But it's like a little electronic device that goes on your heart. But they've been doing that for ages now. But yeah, I think where it's necessary to use tech in order to help or aid someone i think that's why but i think it's the unnecessary modification of like body is where i kind of get a bit more uncomfortable with don't know and depends if like that's like i haven't got a problem with my current features you know like it's not like i feel like i need enhancement you probably want that knee surgery in it the one that leaves you with arthritis for the rest of your life the one that extends your height by like two inches or something like if you were telling me it just gave me like extra height with no side effects, you know, I'll, I'll consider it, you know. There was a segment actually on BBC that I saw that more and more people kept doing it. Even the doctors that do the surgery, they said, most likely you're going to end up with issues. And we don't recommend it, but if people want to do it, like you can't really. I didn't even know that was a thing to me. There's no way you can fully stop them, you know. And they go fly other countries to get it done. And if it's done a cheap way or shit way, it's even worse. It's like limb extensions and it's like, that's not tech here, but like it's. Do you know what they actually do or like what they put in? Basically, they just, they try to, um, first of all, stretch it out. I think like, you know, the bone in between your ankle and your knee. I don't know what it's called. Okay. So all the scientists here can you know, <laughs> do that. And then they basically try to surgically like extend it. So like they kind of separate, I think it is. And then they put a piece in there. But like, it's such a painful, I, I couldn't imagine doing something like that for like a few more inches of height. Yeah, and it's quite grim. I I don't I don't like the idea of thinking or something like that. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Like they'd have to cut your bone. Like, oh uh, yeah. Just remember that the doctors say that we don't recommend this, like because it usually ends up worse than good, you know, for that couple extra inches. And and you usually can't, like your walking may not be able to be restored to a normal walking thing because your body was kind of made and grew up to be in that certain way it's not gonna yeah, what's, what's the point of being it's a bit one taller thing to if you can't fucking walk properly man like <laughs> yeah and have like permanent life concerts. I don't know like, I don't know why I'm tangenting <laughs> I've just like gone but off yeah. no it's true like I think the whole cyborg thing and like modifying your body it's I don't know it could be the future that we do live but I think there is a lot of kind of concerns around it yeah 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 at the moment I was like, when I die, I don't mind like if they upload like whatever's in my brain to like a AI and just leave it like as a house personal AI or something. You know how there's like Tony Stark has Iron Man. I wouldn't mind my like brain. Like your own Alexa. Being, so that, Hamish. So yeah, basically, yeah. I think I said on a previous episode, like, no, that they could just speak to it. Like, and if they wanted a certain memory or certain knowledge yeah, that I had, then maybe they could take that. And then, you know, 
because obviously I won't live forever, but my future generations, they may want to know something specific like a memory or something that was happening at the time that have access to that if it's possible. Like I wouldn't mind, you know, like uploading it. Yeah, I'd buy that. And then they could, they could like donate the rest of my organ that's needed to wherever, whoever needs it, whatever. But then the, the actual, you know, the conscience, not maybe not the conscience, but you know, like the intelligence part, the memories and so on are there for accessible for them. I don't want it to be like a public museum. (laughs) (laughs) Can you select what you choose to like? Probably, you probably could, but I would, um, I'd I'd say that you need the full thing. I don't know if I want to see like future children seeing particular stuff, you know, in my life. Like I want want to cut some stuff out. (laughs) What are you going to be like? (laughs) Don't show him what happens at 9pm on Friday night. Just, just just keep, keep stuff private and other stuff, knowledge. You know, they if they want to know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I, I don't even know what they'd want to know from me. To be maybe you could section off eighteen plus. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, they're not safe yeah, for yeah. work. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, we've, uh, yeah, we've, we've yeah. tangented it a bit there. Actually, no, that was all. That was all pretty interesting tech. It was all like, yeah, yeah. All, all within it around that area. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. We're we're coming to the end of the episode now. Yeah. So how we end it is like with some final questions, a call out and a shout out. So final questions, we'll go first. And first one is, what has been the happiest moment of your life so far? So this moment was, what was it? Year before last, we had a joint birthday, me and my younger sister. So it was my 21st and her 16th. And we basically did a little garden party at home. and all of our like friends and family came and it was just everyone in one place and seeing everyone together just having a good time i think that just brought so much joy this i don't think it's ever happened to me in the past before where like both friends family everyone that i really like cared about was all in the one place and yeah it was just a really happy moment where everyone was just yeah vibing and having a good time that's really sweet that's really sweet and then secondly, what would your singer slash rapper slash artist name be? So this was something one of my friends came up with. Uh, by the way, I can't sing to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many kind of embarrassing stories about me singing. But yeah, they came up with Vish Hits or like Vish Hits uh, because shit singing. <laughs> but yeah, with my name. And there was there's a few kind of meme kind of songs that I've made. Oh, really? Very like, so Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. There was a play that I was in where I was basically this generic bad guy. And so I, I just kept screaming, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> I managed to like mash that into Billie Eilish. But yeah, little things like that. But yeah, it's it's just terrible singing. So, like, so this shits. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Third and final question. This is a question we ask every guest. Uh, same one and that is what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience so this one was my what was it second year of uni there was basically three guys three girls in my house and we had booked at the end of second year to go to amsterdam uh so two yeah us two two of the guys and then two of the girls and basically there was a falling out between the two girls and so one of the girls dropped out so the falling out happened because the guy and the girl started like seeing each other. And so, yeah, this was about, I think, a month before we were due to go on holiday. And so the other girl dropped out. And so there's me, 
one guy and another girl and they were obviously coupling and i was like i paid <laughs> my ticket and everything if i was to cancel i'd lose everything so i was like okay let's do it so it was four days in amsterdam we went these two and me and it was so awkward honestly you pictures <laughs> everything there was so like we were sharing the same like hotel room as well very awkward so they they were sharing a bed i was like on the other <laughs> side of the room and like everywhere we went everything we did there was always me just like walking ahead and them two like behind holding hands or whatever and this was like for four days and i think the saddest moment of the whole thing was on the way back to the airport so we'd gone for lunch and we went to this like pizza place and there was some leftover pizza and so we got a takeaway box and so we were on the bus on the way to the airport uh there's me sitting um in the seats in front of them two with this like pe- leftover pizza box eating pizza and them two like behind me just like cuddling and just like with each other and honestly yeah, it was so sad <laughs> but yeah i don't think that's a you should have found yourself a partner at red light district for this for that time just, doubled it. <laughs> just like hired someone <laughs> yeah that's a contender for the third wheel stories for the best third wheel stories yeah that was it was quite a yeah quite a sad experience but yeah i'll never forget it <laughs> the next section is a the next section is a call out slash domination and basically you could choose one of many people to hopefully be a guest on in the future and yeah who would you like to nominate so this person so his name's shan shan kundu um he's someone i met at uni in my kind of final year and incredible guy honestly so he started a charity called be free it's a mental health charity and he's done amazing stuff so he's won a diana award i don't know if you've heard of it i haven't heard of it but it sounds impressive it's, it's quite <laughs> yeah. a big thing but yeah so he he won this kind of award for uh recognition for his work with this charity uh, he's also a talented musician he's part of a band called idol lies cool music they're on spotify and stuff so you can check them out and he's also recently released a book uh called the journey and it's a guide to like mental health so honestly he's done so much and he's younger than me as well i think he's 21 i think Bro, this guy's 21 um, he's made his own book he's a musician and made his own charity yeah it, it's insane like he's doing bits and honestly such an incredible like enthusiastic guy uh rate him so much and i think he's got a wonderful story to tell as well so i think he'd be a great guy to bring on yep awesome we'll uh yeah give him a shout out when uh when the episode releases and last bit's a just a shout out section so basically you can Give a plug, shout out, anything you want to. So yeah, Vishay, anything? Yeah, I think we've done loads of shout outs yeah. throughout this whole episode. But yeah, I think I'll shout out Fitness Cloud. Check it out. Hopefully you enjoy any feedback as well. Definitely welcome. But yeah, hopefully it's something that you all can use. Awesome. Hamish? I was going to shout out, there's a song called um, Black by PS Hits Corner and Gigs. Give it a listen, why not? Cool. Yeah, I'm going to shout out, mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I'll shout out Lost and Profound. Vishay did the logo for them, so just a podcast run by a few mates of ours. Dil and Rishav have both been on the podcast before, so yeah, go go check that out. And their episodes too as well. But yeah, go check out the podcast, Lost and Profound. Link will be in the description. Um, awesome. Thanks, Vishay, for coming on. No worries. It was great fun. Lots of different yeah, chats. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, hope everyone enjoyed the episode, and we will just speak to you next week. 
All right, see you guys. Bye. Studios, my second home. That's why I have it in my bedroom. I really do this all on my own. The shark quarry and my brother home. He was here from the day one. And not gonna lie, he's a real one.